Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where we talk about integrative symptom management and physician well-being, because every physician deserves to have satisfying work, and every patient deserves an effective and joyful physician. Let's get started. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti, and today we're going to talk about eight tips for talking to patients about complementary medicine or integrative medicine. So let me take just a moment to talk about terminology for a second. The terms complementary medicine, CAM, which stands for complementary and alternative medicine, integrative medicine, kind of get used interchangeably. I just want to talk about for a second a little precision, and then maybe we'll be less precise during the podcast. So the complementary medicine or CAM, complementary and alternative medicine, although we don't like that word alternative, those really refer to other modalities, non-conventional healing type modalities like acupuncture, massage, guided imagery, aromatherapy, etc. The field of integrative medicine is the idea of combining complementary medicine modalities with conventional medical treatments like medications and surgeries and procedures, integrating them together. But sometimes people talk about integrative modalities, and what they're meaning to say is things like acupuncture. It's okay, but just know what you're saying. So integrative medicine means the combination of complementary modalities, or some people say CAM, and conventional modalities like medicines. But when people say integrative modalities, they kind of are saying complementary modalities or CAM. I'm not sure why I went into that. I just think it's important to to understand. Even if we're going to break the rules, we should understand when we're breaking the rules. So nowadays, sometimes you'll see IM slash CAM, meaning integrative medicine, complementary modalities. Really, they're just trying to talk about things that are used as part of an integrative treatment plan that are not conventional medicine. And of course, it's always important to reinforce that we don't use the term alternative medicine anymore because alternative implies this rather than that. And the whole philosophy of integrative medicine is it's all the things that work. Never supplements instead of chemotherapy, but rather all the things together. That's the integrative approach. So, okay, we can put that to the side now. And let's talk about when we want to talk to patients about complementary modalities or the integrative approach, how do we do it? And this may come up in two different ways. One is the patient may bring it up. The patient may say, I don't want to use that medicine. I want to use this natural approach. Or what do you think about these supplements? So the patient might bring it up. And how do we respond when they bring it up is very, very important. Or they may not bring it up, but they may be using things secretly. They may be afraid to bring it up in the medical encounter. And so then it benefits us and the patient if we bring it up. Okay, so the number one thing that we should do is ask. So if the person brings it up, then fine, we don't have to ask. But if they don't bring it up, we should ask. So if you're seeing a patient with a rheumatologic disease or pain or cancer or cardiac condition or pretty much anything serious, it is absolutely worth asking them, are you using any complementary modalities in addition to what we're talking about here? And it's very important how you ask, because you may think that you're not saying anything insulting or that you're not giving off a message, but you have to be thoughtful about your words and your vibe and your body language. Because if you say something like, you're not using any supplements, are you? 
how will most people answer that question? No, no, of course not. But now, if you do that, and they answer that way, and that answer is not honest, because they're afraid to disappoint you, then you may have interactions between those dietary supplements and their Coumadin, for example, that can be dangerous to the patient. So it's not just a good idea. It really is about patient safety to ask in a way that allows them to tell the truth. That's really what you're going for. Ask in a way that allows them to tell the truth. So not only being thoughtful about your words, we don't want to say you're not doing that, are you? Because that implies that the person's not supposed to be doing it and they're likely to be dishonest. But also make sure you're not the little tiny bit rolling your eyes. Make sure that as you say it, you don't cross your arms or stiffen up your body, giving the message that you're hoping that they're going to say, no, they're not using anything. Because patients often want to please us. And if they get the message even the subconscious message that it's not okay to tell the truth, they will often not tell the truth. So we can ask instead by saying something like, some people use complementary or integrative type treatments like dietary supplements or massage or acupuncture. Are you using any of those things? Trying to be as neutral as possible, allowing them to tell the truth. So that's number one, ask in a way that allows them to be honest. Number two is when they tell us, if they say, yes, I'm using this supplement, or I'm doing Rolfing, or I do Reiki, we have to intentionally be non-judgmental, intentionally non-judgmental. Even if you think something is not a good idea, or you think something is kind of wacky, there'll be a, a time where we can talk about that with a patient, but our first stance has to be intentionally non-judgmental. And in order for us to do that, we have to check in with our own biases. So it's a good idea for you to check in with yourself. What are you a little bit biased against? What kind of complementary modality do you think, oh, that's dumb, no one should do that, or that's dangerous, no one should do that? Check in about your own biases, because if we're not aware of our own biases, we're much more likely to non-verbally communicate them. And our goal is not to non-verbally communicate that. In a bit, we'll talk about how do you tell the person if you really don't think it's a good idea that they're using that modality, but this is not the time. First, we're just asking them in a way that they can be honest and then responding in an intentionally non-judgmental way. And the, the vibe that ideally you would shoot for is curiosity. Oh, tell me about that. I don't, I haven't heard about that before. What is that thing? Oh, how interesting that you're using that for this condition. So try to have your stance after you ask them, are you doing anything? Have your stance be curiosity. Hmm. Interesting. Tell me more about that. That's number two. Number three is to seek out their why. Why? And not in a judgmental way, not like, well, why are you doing that? Not that way, but more like, oh, that's so interesting. Tell me what made you decide to use that for this condition. So find out their why. And you can do it just by saying, oh, how interesting. Tell me about that. Oh, tell me more. Oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more. And this does not have to take a long time. This could be a minute or two, but just seek out a little bit of what got them to this, because you'll get some important information that you might want to use later. For example, maybe they say something like, well, my acupuncturist listens to me, and that's why I go there. So that's really important information, because this is a person who's telling us they really need to be listened to about their medical conditions. Maybe that's something we could do more of in the office, for example. 
So part of what we want to get from this kind of question is, if it turns out that for a particular modality or condition, we don't think it's a good idea for them to be using what they're using, we want to know what is their driver so that we can see if we can meet it in another way. Some people will say something like, well, I want to be more natural. And so there are some pharmaceuticals that come from natural plants or natural products. So it would be important for us to know, oh, this person thinks being natural is important. Maybe that will inform our counseling of them if we want them to take a medication that they're hesitant about. So that's number three, seek their why. Number four is to ask a little bit about their experience with complementary medicine. And again, none of this has to take very long, but you could just say, oh, have you used that before? What else have you used? Just so you can hear what they used and ask them, did it work? What did you think about it? Was it helpful? Because maybe the person will say something like, you know, when I used to regularly meditate or listen to guided imagery tapes before bed, my headaches went away. Boy, wouldn't we like to know that, right? If we're going to start playing around with all kinds of medications, there's a non-pharmacologic approach. It would be good for us to know that in the past, their headaches went away with relaxation exercises, because then that can be part of our integrative treatment plan. So we want to know what have they used before and how did it go? Number five is to seek out their experience with conventional medicines or approaches. For many people, it'll be fine. But for some people, they've had negative experiences, which may have informed their decision to use complementary medical treatments. Now, in general, the integrative approach is all for complementary treatments because we're trying to use all the things that work. But there are some patients who have had negative experiences with the medical system, and then they may go too far the other direction. Steve Jobs, right, who used dietary approaches to treat his pancreatic cancer, and unfortunately, by the time he decided to use aggressive treatments, it was too late. So there are patients who will make this choice to avoid conventional medical treatments, and we'd like to know early on if that's happening. So if they say, oh, yeah, you know, I had this doctor, he never listened to me. So I stopped taking all the medicines he recommended, and I started going to a healer. Well, we'd like to know about that. Because of course, we would like them to use an integrative approach using the medications that are appropriate and other complementary medicine approaches that are appropriate. But if they have some trauma around the medical system, we can't help fix it if we don't know about it. So it's important for us to know about it so that we can be sensitive to it and hopefully give them a better experience this time so that they will pursue a more integrative approach and not an alternative approach. When we're thinking about, okay, what has the patient just told us that they're using, our focus should be on safety. That's really what we should think about the most. Is this safe for the patient? So if they are on a ton of antiarrhythmic, cardiac, warfarin-type meds, and they're taking a ton of supplements, we have some concerns about safety there. Maybe we would really need to look up the supplements and make sure that there's not a cross-reactivity with their drugs. But if they say, oh, yes, I do lots of complementary modalities, I do Tai Chi, and I meditate before bed, and I listen to a guided imagery in the morning, and I smell peppermint to help perk me up, none of those are particularly dangerous or concerning. So if those are the modalities that the patient is using, of course, we're interested, we want to think about how best to help the patient, but we don't have concerns. So really, what we're looking for when we listen to what they're doing is do we have any safety concerns? And then number seven is to negotiate and collaborate on the plan with them. So sometimes it's fine. Sometimes they might say, you know, maybe they're a very healthy person on no meds, and they say, I take vitamin D and fish oil. 
And you say, fine, great. You don't have any concerns about that. No negotiation is needed. But what if they are that person who is on a ton of cardiac meds and is taking a ton of dietary supplements and you're not sure if that's okay? You probably want to have a negotiation about that. You might say, you know, I have some concerns because you're on warfarin, which can interact with a lot of medicines and supplements. So uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to look up the interactions and make sure all of those supplements are safe. And if there are any that are unsafe, I, I hope that we can talk about it so that perhaps you would let go of the ones that are not safe with your warfarin, because my primary concern is to keep you safe. Or if the patient is choosing to use complementary modalities instead of a very important conventional modality, then you certainly need to negotiate around that. So if they are using diet instead of chemotherapy, then the non-judgmental approach that you've taken up until this point makes it much more likely that they're going to negotiate with you and, and be able to have an open conversation about their needs and your needs, and hopefully coming to an agreement that feels safe and okay to everybody. This is the reason not to be judgy up until this point, because if they get the sense that you just think it's all dumb, then they will be much less likely to negotiate with you and collaborate with you on a plan. Sometimes negotiations can go something like this. So you are getting chemotherapy. There's some concern that antioxidant supplements might interfere with chemotherapy. You can acknowledge not everybody agrees with that statement, but some people do. And I want to make sure that you get the absolute best benefit from your chemotherapy that you can get. So what I would would strongly recommend is that you put a hold on the antioxidant supplements while you're getting chemo and while you're getting radiation, because there's a similar concern there. But in between chemo and radiation, it's fine to take them. And when you're all done with both chemo and radiation, it's fine to take them. That's what I think is the safest path for you. What do you think? That would be one example of how you might approach a negotiation and collaboration on the plan. And then number eight is to check back with them and to see how it worked and be willing to learn. Now, of course, just because one patient feels better on a particular complementary plan is not the scientific method. That doesn't mean that you should be recommending that to everyone. But as we all know, practicing medicine is an art, and we do use this kind of information to inform our treatment plans. It's not the only determinant, but it's part of it. So if you start teaching people how to do guided imagery and a bunch of your anxious people who are having trouble sleeping and are having headaches start to feel better, you might change your practice. And you might say, wow, I really do believe that teaching people who are anxious to have guided imagery skills might help them with their anxiety, their sleep, and their headaches. I'm going to integrate that into my plan. But you won't know that unless you check back and ask them how it worked. So if you have a patient who's using an integrative treatment plan, be sure you check in with them and ask them, how did it go? What did you like? What didn't you like? What worked? What didn't work, etc. Just because patient information helps us be better doctors, nurse practitioners, social workers, chaplains, clinicians. Okay, so your eight tips for how to talk to a patient about the integrative approach or complementary modalities. Number one, you're going to ask them in a way that allows them to be honest Number two, you're going to be intentionally non-judgmental and even curious. Number three, you're going to seek out their why. Why are they using this approach? Number four, you're going to seek out their experience with complementary medicine in the past. 
Number five, you're going to seek out their experience with conventional medicine, specifically looking for any kind of traumatic experience. Number six, you're going to focus on the safety because that's what really matters. Number seven, you're going to negotiate and collaborate with the patient on the plan, not just assuming your way is the only way, but hearing their needs, sharing your needs, and working on a collaborative plan that, that makes everybody feel okay. And then number eight, you're going to check back with them later to see how it went. So your homework this week is to practice this. If you have patients, ask at least one person, are you using any complementary modalities and see what they say. If you don't have patients, ask somebody else in your life. So just practice this conversation and practice these eight tips because the more comfortable you get having these conversations, the more honest your patients will be with you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please do share this podcast with other people who are interested in serious illness or integrative approaches to serious illness, because I really want to spread the word and I need you to help me. So thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by the Integrative Palliative Institute. We help clinicians to help their seriously ill patients to thrive while creating a joyful life for themselves. Join our Facebook group, which is the Integrative Palliative Medicine Interest Group. And if you want to learn more about adding integrative symptom management to your practice, go to integrativepalliative.com where you'll find some great resources.